the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. The word overcome implies that or overcoming or overcomer implies that there are things that you need to overcome. You can't be an overcomer if there's not things that you need to conquer, that you need to have victory over. And right now in your life and my life, there are things that restrict you, that limit you, that harass you, that torment you, that defeat you, that sometimes have damaged you, that might be tempting you, that might be discouraging you from being the best person that God wants you to be and experiencing the best life that God has in store for you. These are the things that you and I need to overcome. And to overcome, you've got to learn to fight. Today we're going to talk about the enemies that must be fought because you can't simply be a fighter without knowing who and what you're fighting. You can fight, but fight the wrong battles and you never win. And so you have to realize that the the fighting process involves identifying the enemies that need to be battled against. And today I'm going to share with you five enemies according to the scriptures that you and I need to be aware of and you and I need to uh, develop a strong fight and, and commitment to battle against. Before I go into these five, I'm going to give you the basic objective of today's message. Last weekend, my, my objective was to put some fight in you, to get to the point of saying, I will not live in my wilderness any longer. I'm going to my promised land. And today there's one simple thing I want you to go home with. Today I want you to go home doing some thinking. I want you to go home doing some reflection. Sometimes a good message will stir you up to action, and sometimes a good message will stir you up to think about some things in your life. In today's message, the objective is to make you think. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned against God in the Garden of Eden, the world has been struggling under the presence and the power of sin. And according to God's Word, the world that we live in is influenced by and often controlled by what the Scriptures call the God, little g, the God of this world. There's an overall atmosphere in our world that is permeated with humanistic thinking, with an anti-God mindset. It is the world around us, and the world is constantly producing evil stuff. We live in a perverted, anti-God world. Now, there are four things that the Bible teaches us about this anti-God world. First of all, there is a worldly way of thinking that affects people's thoughts, values, priorities, choices, and activities. So in this world around us, there's a way that the world thinks. There are values that the world has. There are priorities that the world chooses. There are decisions that people of the world make and activities that people of the world engage in that we should not be a part of as those who are followers of Christ. First John chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. You, dear children, are from God and 
have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. The phrase I want you to note there is that the world has a viewpoint and the viewpoint of the world is an anti-God viewpoint. Colossians 2 verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from, the, and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. The Bible says that there, there's a nonsensical way of thinking, human thinking, thinking that comes from the spiritual powers of this world that we'll enumerate on in a few moments, but we're to be aware of that worldly influence. The second thing we must know about the world, read with me, a relationship with Jesus helps us escape the influence of the anti-God world. How do you and I deal with this world? We have a Savior that saves us not only from sin, but redeems us from the influence of the world. Listen to John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Jesus said, guys, he was talking to his disciples. Understand, the world doesn't like me. Now, we get that. You look back on history, the world hated Jesus. The world crucified Jesus. Notice 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power, it's the power of Jesus, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, that's through His promises, you may participate in the divine nature that you can become more like Jesus having escaped, notice this, the corruption where? In the world caused by evil desires. There is a corruption in our world that you and I need to escape. And Jesus is the pathway of escape. The third thing you must know about the world. Read together. We should not love the world or embrace its ways. We're in the world, but we're not to be part of the world. There's perhaps no better passage that I can read for you to describe the world's influence upon us as Christians and what we need to be guarded against then 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. This is a very sobering passage of Scripture. So I want you to listen with your heart today to these words. Do not love the world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? Notice now the description of what the world is all about. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. That's one thing the world offers you. A craving for everything we see. Got to have this. Got to have that. And pride in our achievements and possessions. Look at me for what I've accomplished. And look at me for what I own. Now doesn't that sound like the world? Okay. 
The world is always going after pleasure, what will make me happy, what will give me pleasure. The world is always about craving for what I've got to have so that I can feel important in my life, what accomplishments I can, I can achieve in life, and what possessions I can portray to other people to underscore my value, my pride, my importance. The Bible says that's what the world does. And then it says this, these are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. The fourth thing that you must understand about the world, read with me, the world is going to pass away. This world is not going to last forever. That's why you don't want to build on the foundation of worldly values because this world is going to pass away. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Peter speaks of this in 2 Peter 3, 10 and 11. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Jesus is coming back one day. Are you hearing me, church? And all of this is going to be wrapped up. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. The world mindset and the world value system constantly is trying to pull you away from God and constantly trying to turn you against God. You must be on your guard against the world. It is one of the biggest battles that you and I will ever face. And you never mature beyond fighting that battle. Just because you've been a Christian for 50 or 60 years or 20 or 30 years or 5 or 10 years... It's a constant battle that you must be on guard against. So here's your reflection question. Write it down. How worldly am I? Number two, you battle a rebel inside you. Not only is there an anti-God spirit in the world, but there's also an enemy that's living inside every person that's here. It's living right in your own house called your body. It's called your sinful nature. And everybody has a rebel living in them. And the rebel inside of you rebels against God's authority. It rebels against God's law. It rebels against God's word. It rebels against God's will. There's a resistance in you. And if you don't deal with the rebel or the resistance in you, it will lead you astray. It's that sinful nature that is contrary to the authority of God. It's always pushing against the authority of God. And so we have to realize this is a battle. This is something we have to deal with. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But our very, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone. Else. Now Paul goes to the Christian believer in Romans 8, verses 5 through 8, and describes that we're still in this battle. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always, what is it? Hostile to God. 
It's hostile to his authority. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. What does a sinful nature look like? How does it, how does it act? How does it behave? Galatians five sixteen through 21 tells us. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Now notice this next statement. These two forces, what are they doing? They are constantly fighting each other. Paul said, inside you there's a war going on in you. There is a battle happening that are as the flesh, the sinful rebel in you, and the Spirit of God in you, and there's a fight that is going on, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, that is when you let your sinful nature win, the results are very clear. So this is what it looks like. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, that's anything that goes before God in your life, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there is a battle that goes on inside of you and me. Now, Jesus is the answer to that battle, and he gives us the ability to put off our sinful nature, and that's, again, another lesson for another time. But my reflection question for you today in this regard is simply this. How rebellious or how resistant are you to God's authority and God's word and God's will in your life? Number three, the third enemy that we have to deal with is the fact that we battle an unseen evil forces around us. There's a world outside of us that's attacking us. There's a rebel inside of us. There are evil forces around us. In all aspects of life, we have a tendency to think that what we see is all there is, but it's not true. There are things in life that are unseeable and yet very real. Can you see wind? Is it real? Can you see radio waves? Nope, but they're real. Sound waves? Nope, they're real. Gravity. I mean, notice that gravity, you can't see it, but is it real? It's very real. So in the physical realm, even in the physics of the universe, there are things that are invisible, but yet very real. Atoms, you can't see them, but they're real. Now let's go over into another realm. Let's talk about the spiritual dimension, because this is where a lot of people miss it. Just like there are things in the physical realm that are real that you can't see, there's also things in the spiritual realm that are real that you can't see. There's the kingdom of God, also known as the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of light, and there's the kingdom of Satan, also known as the kingdom of hell and the kingdom of darkness. And both of these kingdoms are very real. In God's kingdom, there's the active work of Almighty God. There is the active presence and work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There are angelic beings that exist, the Spirit of God that's work. On the other side, there are Satan and demonic entities that exist. And these demonic forces are after you. We don't, we're not living on a playground. We're living on a battleground. You better be aware of that, okay? A lot of people just think they want to play their way through life. No, this is not a playground. This is a battleground, okay? And there are enemy forces 
of darkness that are after you, after your life, after your family. I do not say that to frighten you because you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to fear, but you do need to fight. There's a big difference in being afraid and fighting. You can fight a bully. You know that you've got the victory because of what Jesus has done. But you've got to be willing to fight and enforce the victory of Jesus Christ. Notice what the scripture says, Ephesians 6, 11 and 12. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. First Peter 5 eight. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So my third reflection question for you. What things in your life right now are being influenced by unseen dark forces? The fourth enemy is you, you battle strongholds inside you. When you and I sin, listen closely. When you and I sin, when you do something that's wrong, it's not just a matter of hurting God. That's a part of it. When you sin, you hurt you. You hurt yourself, okay? Every time you sin, sin's destructive. And so when you and I go against God, we hurt ourselves. And when other people sin, sometimes their sins hurt us also. And if we don't process sin when it happens to us the right way, and none of us ever do fully, completely process things the right way. When things happen in our life that are destructive to us, if we're not careful, we begin to carry those things around inside of us. And they damage you far more than you realize deep in your soul. And they create a pattern of living that keeps you from being your best. They limit your life. It's like putting a weight upon your life that holds you back. It's like a situation where you run up against a wall every time you try to make progress and you run up to that same wall. That's called a stronghold in your life that keeps you from making progress in certain areas. And here's the definition of a stronghold for you. A spiritual stronghold is anything in your life that has a stronghold on you. There you go, okay? It's holding you back. It's keeping you from your best. It's weighing you down, okay? If I were to bring one of you up here today and, and put a 50-pound weight, uh, uh, maybe knapsack on your back, a backpack on your back with a 50-pound weight in it, you would initially feel that. But if I ask you to carry that backpack with you for the next year, at some point in time between now and the year, you would forget that you were carrying that around with you. The weight would become natural to you. You, would even, you wouldn't even realize it. And there are a lot of us that we're carrying the backpacks of stuff that have got packed inside of us over the years and we don't even realize it because we've become, become so used to it, but it's limiting us. Now look at what the, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. Everybody with me so far? Okay, this is important stuff. Therefore, this is Hebrews 12, 1, we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. And notice this. He's saying you've got to deal with this stuff. Lay it aside. What? Lay aside what? Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There's a race that God wants you to run. But you can't run the race if you're entangled with sin and you can't run the race well if you're still carrying extra weights. Okay? There's a difference between weights and sins. There's a whole teaching that I have on this. It's so important to grasp. Some things are not sins, but they are weights. Some things are not necessarily things you've done bad or wrong, 
but they're weights that you've accumulated spiritually and emotionally and psychologically in your life that you're carrying with you. And Jesus came to set you free from every strong goal. Amen. There's not a wall that Jesus cannot break down in your life. There's not, a, there's not a chain that he cannot break. But you've got to be willing to address these and come face to face with them, as we'll talk about in the series, that will help you then to conquer and to overcome. So here's my fourth question. Here's your reflection. You're going home to think today. What are you going to think about? The fourth question is, what things have a stronghold on me that need to be broken? What things are in my life right now that have a strong hold on me that need to be broken? The fifth battle that we face is that you and I battle daily pressures that come upon us. Life comes to us daily with pressures and problems and challenges and Sometimes there's a bill we can't pay or an obstacle we can't get past or a disappointment, a hurdle, a hurt. All these things are just the, the, the process of living and how you handle these things is a part of your daily battle. Dealing with them the right way is part of becoming a true overcomer. How do you just handle the pressures of life? Look at Jesus' words in John chapter 16, verse 33. He said, I have told you these things. He's talking to his disciples before he's going to be crucified the next day. And he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. And most of us don't like that part, but it's in the Bible. Jesus said it. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The Greek word for trouble that is used there means to crush, to press, to squeeze, and to break. That's the idea. In the world you're going to have things that will try to crush you and pressure you and squeeze you and break you. In the world you're going to have daily pressures. Now notice this. This is so important to grasp. He said, I've told you these things so that you can have peace in this world. You're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now notice that on the top of the trouble is peace, and on the bottom of the trouble is Jesus, the overcomer. So I'll tell you something, you can make it through your trouble. There's peace there, and there's a conqueror, and overcomer. So yeah, trouble is sort of in the middle, but it's sandwiched between the peace of God and the overcoming power of Jesus Christ. But you have to choose to be an overcomer. There are a lot of people that they just let pressure just drive them down. They just let, they've never learned how to overcome the pressures of life. You have to deal with pressure. Last, give you a story here, and this will be my last point. The story I'm going to tell you is not true. Okay, just so you know, it's not a true story. Okay. There's an old farmer that was out walking his dog one day, and his dog was real old. I mean, the dog was just, I mean, he was just halfway dead, okay, he's on his last leg, and as they're walking out through the field one day, they came upon an old well, an old dry well, and the dog inadvertently slipped over and fell down, all the way down in the well, to the bottom of the well, and the farmer thought, I don't think the dog has enough strength to make it, I'm sure it killed him, just the fall alone must have killed the dog, the only thing I can do now is just go ahead and bury him in the well. So the farmer gets a shovel, begins to dig up the dirt, throws the dirt down into the well to bury the dog down that he assumes is dead in the well. Well, the first shovel of dirt hit the old dog, and the dog wasn't dead. He, was, he came to his senses and said, I'm in trouble. I've got to make a decision. Now, the dog didn't really say that, but okay. <laughs> his instincts kicked in, okay? 
here comes another shovel of dirt down upon the dog. And the dog made a choice. The dog's choice was this. I'm going to shake it off and step it up. Okay. Here comes another shovel of dirt. I'm going to shake it off and step it up. And another shovel came down and the dog said, I'm going to help me out, church. Shake it off and step it up. And before long, the old dog was standing right next to the farmer again. Okay, right? Okay. Right? And part of what you and I need to understand that sometimes life throws dirt down your well, doesn't it? That's life, okay? And sometimes life just throws dirt down your well and you can let it bury you or you can shake it off and turn to your neighbor and tell him, shake it off and step it up. Go ahead and tell him, say, shake it off and step it up, okay? Overcomers don't let the pressure bury them. Overcomers shake it off and step it up. My final question for you today is this. How well do you deal with life's pressures? Five reflection questions. Take them home with you. Pray about them. Ask God to give you insight. Because as you identify these things, they will help you to begin the process of overcoming. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. This just in, death, destruction, and violence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.